Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to The Family Sanctuary, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. I'm your host for today's program, Peggy Hartshorn, Chairman of the Board of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world, now in 50 countries. We have a really important and interesting topic for you today, and one that really is at the heart of our program, The Family Sanctuary, because we're all about building relationships in the family. And the vision that the family is the place where people learn who God created them to be, and it needs to be a place of wholeness and healing. And that's uh, something that if you'd like to know more about that and how to continue or create that even more vibrantly in your relationships, uh, particularly in the family, you will want to listen to our program today. Our guest is Rose Sweet. Rose, I will introduce you more fully uh, in just a second. But welcome to our program. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about talking about this, like you say, important topic. (laughs) Thank you, Rose. And maybe you've heard of Rose. Uh, She's a very familiar name, actually, in in, uh, Catholic media. She's a Catholic author and speaker who helps people seeking happiness in marriage, family, and friendships to put your religion into your relationships. I love that, Rose. And uh, Rose actually helps to strengthen and heal all types of relationships by pointing to Christ and expertly draw, expertly, I should say, draws on the mysteries of the interior life, theology of the body, the timeless teaching of the four temperaments, the laws of relationship building, dating, courtship, mercy in marriage, divorce recovery, annulment, remarriage, and parenting. All that is a good description of the many, many topics that you work with, Rose, in your presentations. Uh, that's from her her website, rosesweet.com. And she's authored numerous books on relationships. And her guide, Surviving Divorce DVD program, is in hundreds of parishes around the world. So, uh, Rose, uh, welcome again to our program. And uh, I know you are uh, a favorite presenter at parish missions, retreats, national conferences. And I hope some of our listeners have already seen you and heard you in person. Um, and you've been doing this really for 25 years. So so what a wonderful ministry you have. Thank, thank you, Peggy. It's such a blessing. You know, I'm the first to say I messed up my life big time. I had my head in the clouds. I wasn't paying attention to my faith. I wasn't putting my religion into my relationships. I, that was just reserved for Sundays and times of help when I wanted something from God and I, and I caused myself and others a lot of pain. And, you know, through God's healing and good therapy and the teachings of the Church, um, I began to grow up, as it were. And as a big sister, uh, I always uh, look backwards and say, you know, other people are coming along doing the same thing I did. I, I've got to reach out and help. So our Lord has been very faithful to create a place for me to, um, to provide His help and His healing for other people. That, that's wonderful, a beautiful testimony of how God can take the 
the the sinfulness of our lives, the mistakes we've made, sometimes out of ignorance, uh, not uh, truly understanding and knowing our faith enough to even put it into our relationships. And yet uh, those those mistakes, those hurts, those um, I think you, you, you use the term messing up your life, uh, what God can do with that. Uh, what a beautiful testimony. And for 25 years, you've been using that experience to help others come to hope and healing. So um, that that's really, really beautiful. And I know today we want to focus particularly on um, the, the the thing that probably made you the most um, prominent initially was your surviving divorce guide and, and program. I think that is so powerful and such a, a great need um, today in our church. Many, many families uh, are, are suffering from the effects of divorce, um, whether it's divorce of, of the parents, um, the grown children, uh, sometimes their grandchildren. Uh, it's it's so prevalent in our culture right now and even in the church today. And so there's a tremendous amount of of distress because of that and a lot of misunderstanding as well uh, in terms of what the church teaches about divorced Catholics. People have all kinds of, of misconceptions. I know, well, like divorced Catholics uh, can't receive communion or uh, divorced Catholics even are out of the church. So um, I'm sure that that's those kinds of misconceptions probably were, were one of the main reasons you wrote your, your guide, Surviving Divorce. Well, I did, because first of all, I went through it myself. And I, when I was smart enough to reach out for help, there wasn't anything in the Catholic Church that really spoke to me. And there, there were actually some good resources over in the Protestant world. Hmm. So I found hope and healing through some really Christ-centered resources there, and then I prayed, Lord, Lord, we need something like this in the Catholic Church. And after a few years, when it was clear that nobody else was going to be doing it, <laughs> I, go, I go, okay, Lord, I guess you're sending me. So mm-hmm. that's when he began to open doors um, to get the beauty and the truth of what the Church has always held, um, you know, for, for centuries. Um, and, and I didn't know. Because nobody wanted to talk about it. Hmm. So now we're talking about it. Well, that's great. I know uh, maybe we can talk about that in terms of, of something you call the five myths about divorce and annulment, because that's another term that people are familiar with probably in the Catholic Church, annulment, but they don't exactly know what that means either. And and is that uh, something for them? Um, so so let's talk about your your five myths about divorce and annulment, which is kind of the backbone, is that correct, of your surviving divorce guide? Well, actually, no. The, oh. <laughs> the, the topic of annulment comes has to come down the road after you first deal with shock and anger and depression and loneliness. I mean, all the intense emotions that hit you, they body slam you. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, in our, in our uh, series, we start out with that. We want to get the person stable back on track so they can breathe, then to, then to deal with the important issues like, what about my kids? What about the money? Am I going to lose the house? You know, how to deal with that from a Catholic perspective. Hmm. And then toward the end of our series, we go, okay, now moving forward, you have choices. You can live faithful to your vows for the rest of your life, even though your spouse has departed or you had to leave. Um, and, and annulment is one of those uh, things that we cover. But... 
the minute you say annulment sometimes in the Catholic word, world, hackles go up, and people are very angry and upset that there even is such a thing because it's usually they've worked so hard in the marriage. They've tried so many things, and all of a sudden now people are going, oh, you can invalidate all this? You can just say, you know, that this is all not even real, you know, and, and away they go. Hmm. And so that's why I want to tackle... We don't have a lot of time today, but I'd like to just hit them real fast um, in case somebody's listening and, and it could help them out. That would be great. That would be great. So, so what what are these these misconceptions that okay. many people have about the uh, about what sometimes they call Catholic divorce, <laughs> as if it's okay, different than another divorce? You, you, you hit it just a few minutes ago. You said number one is you're excommunicated and you can't receive Holy Communion. Mm-hmm. That's a myth. Mm-hmm. You know, you are not excommunicated. You are just in a horrible place, and the Church is there for you. Nobody can receive Holy Communion who is in a state of serious sin. That's been our Church teaching forever. Even St. Paul says, don't do that. It defiles you and, you know, is horrible. So if you're in the state of serious sin, even if you're married, you're not sp- supposed to approach to receive our Lord in Holy Communion until you get that sin taken care of. In divorce, there can be a very serious sin. You may have divorced just because you were bored or you were tired or the, he, he wasn't making enough money or whatever, and there's a serious sin in that. And you should not receive Holy Communion, not because of the divorce, but because of the sin that was in that. There are some people who have to civilly divorce in serious cases to protect themselves or their children, and in that, there may not be a serious sin. This is a really complex issue, um, but the Catechism spells all of this out very clearly in the section, in the uh, 2300s section, if anybody wants to look this up in the Catechism. But you can receive Holy Communion. Just whatever bitterness, anger, horrible sinfulness that you have um, related to divorce or not, get to confession, you know, clear up the plate, and go receive our Lord in Holy Communion frequently and, and often. It's, it's a blessing and, uh, and a strength to all of us. Hmm. So that's number one. That's beautiful, the way you explain that, Rose. Um, sure, it's not the, the act of the divorce or the divorce itself that may be sinful. There could be many sins underlying that that uh, could be blocking a person from being in the state of grace and able to receive communion. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And if it, I, could, I don't want to stay too long on, on any one of these, but I'm just going to give you an example. Let's say uh, I was married and I had an affair with the, with the cute guy at the office because my husband has been boring me for a long time, right? And mm-hmm. then I decide, oh, well, the affair, we, I don't want to get counseling. I'm done. I'm out of here. Uh, or maybe I go back and I go, honey, I'm sorry for the affair. Let's go to counseling. And he goes, no, I'm done. So now there's a divorce. I didn't want the divorce, but I do have the sin of infidelity I need to confess. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, every situation is different. And I would just say to whoever's listening, um, don't jump to conclusions. You know, go to a good, a wise and holy priest or a good lay person to help you out. It's a good Always good advice. Well, what what is another one of these misconceptions that people have that, that in your experience? Number two is annulment is just a fancy word for Catholic divorce. 
Um, and that's not true. The Catholic Church believes, like most other you know, Catholic, or Christian churches, that divorce is permanent until death. A, a valid marriage cannot be dissolved, and that's what Jesus said. A marriage we, is we, permanent. Marriage is permanent until yeah, death. Did I say divorce? You, you yes. did, and that's all right. Well, marriage is permanent and can't be broken, so the Church doesn't say that you can break a valid marriage or you can just take off and do whatever you want. The Church says no. You cannot. However, we understand in today's broken world that many people have a defect in their consent, that when they got married there was something gravely missing or gravely wrong, and it, it precluded a valid bond from forming. Maybe there was a valid financial bond, sexual bond, parental bond, lots of bonds that we have when we live with somebody in our, our attempting marriage. But maybe... Maybe there was never a valid marriage bond, as the Church understands it, from Jesus. And so that's what the annulment process does, is say, let us walk with you, let us help you take a look at what was going on, uh, and see if that's the case. If, it's, if it is, we can grant you a declaration of nullity, but if, if we can't find enough information, we'll be with you in helping you to live faithfully to your vows until death, even though... Your other spouse is not around anymore, or even remarried. So, so the the annulment looks only, or the annulment process really looks only at the condition at the time of the wedding vows. It does not look at, as a civil divorce looks at, um, what's happened in the relationship after the marriage took place. Um, infidelity, as you mentioned, or or other kinds of issues, abuse that might have occurred. That's what a divorce court looks at. But yeah. in annulment process, the 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 church court is looking at what took place at the moment that this couple was was making their vows. Could they actually contract a valid marriage at that point? Is that what That's you're saying? That's exactly right, and it doesn't need to be one or both. I mean, it, it can be one or both. I, I hear a lot of people say, I knew what I was doing. I gave it my all. It was valid for me. We had a valid marriage bond, and I'm going, I know I understand that, but you really never really know what was in the heart of the other person. Yes, I did. Well, sometimes we don't, mm-hmm. and that's the sad and scary thing about going through this process. You have to be humble and trusting to submit, you know, a very intimate part of your life to strangers mm-hmm. in a certain sense. And those who so are going those who are going to be looking at that at that evidence of whether there was a valid consent in the beginning. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I, I guess the easy way to put it, because again we're trying to tackle a very complex topic, is the church is looking for a defect in consent. Mm-hmm. Something was missing or something was in the way. Like a, a typical defect today is if this doesn't work out or she gains too much weight or he doesn't make enough money, I have the option for divorce. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a defect. You can't, right. you can't consent a valid marriage contract with that kind of thinking. So there's there's a lot to it, but the church is here to help. We're here to help. 
and, and you guys are, you know, just getting this information out is very helpful. Too. That's great. Our guest today is Rose Sweet, who is a Catholic author and speaker who helps people seeking happiness in marriage, family, and relationships to put your religion into your relationships. <laughs> and we're talking today with Rose about uh something that she's very well known for, her Surviving Divorce DVD program that's in hundreds of parishes around the world. And, and we're, we're focusing on the fact that, that this is something to help people go through that process, the shock, the grief, the sadness, the sorrow, the healing, and then also eventually to understand more the church's teaching on divorce and annulment and so forth. And um, Rose, we've got, I believe the, there are five myths that you talk about. We've looked at the one you're excommunicated and you can't receive Holy Communion. That's one myth. Um, another is that annulment is just Catholic divorce. What are the others that we hear so frequently? Well, Peggy, number three is annulment makes your children illegitimate, and that's just not the case at all. Uh, illegitimacy is a civil term originally set out to safeguard property rights, and the Church doesn't use this term. Every child, no matter how he or she is conceived, is willed by God and made in His image and deeply loved and welcomed by the Church, period. Mm-hmm. So I... that's, that's just don't even go there. Right. Let's Let's hit number four. Okay. Annulments are handed out like candy. That's a myth. I I hear this all the time. Well, you know, there are articles out there, people will say, that Rome says there are way too many annulments issued in the United States. And, And I agree. There are too many divorces, too many annulments, because we have too many immature, self centered people trying to marry and failing miserably. Our culture is very affected by a lot of other things, and divorce is a symptom. Divorce really is a symptom of the deeper lack of maturity and faith and commitment that Mm -hmm. that has happened to us. So uh, annulments are, uh, the annulment process is very thorough, it's very fair, uh, it protects and upholds the sanctity of marriage. Um, and the tribunal judges are highly trained and impartial. I- I've worked with tribunals all around the country, and nobody hands them out like candy. Nobody says, oh, these are, these are nice people. Let's just give them an annulment. Or, or he's the nephew of Father so-and-so. Let's make sure his case goes through. Mm-hmm. Those are myths. Those are myths. And, and in very, the old days, you used to hear, well, they just have money. That's why their annulment went through. <laughs> no, that was something and, you used to hear in the old days. No, no, that's not true. Trust me. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, there are cases that where I know when I'm working with somebody, I know there are grounds for nullity, but they just can't be proven. And the tribunal, first and foremost, is going to uphold the marriage bond as valid. There's even what they call a defender of the bond in the process who is there to make sure that annulments are not handed out like candy. So, again, right. it's a myth. To protect, of course, the Church's teaching that, that marriage is indissoluble. Um, and and that is such a beautiful teaching in the Church. But the Church also teaches that, that for a vow to be valid, um, there have to be certain criteria for that consent. It has to be free will. There can't be coercion. There has to be understanding of the commitment that the person is making. So it makes sense that the church needs to defend 
marriage and yet at the same time also try to make a judgment of whether there was competency in making those vows in the beginning. Were there any barriers or blocks to that freedom um, of, of making a commitment in the first place? It's, it's really a beautiful thing that the church does in, in trying to protect marriage. It is, but most people who are going through the process are in pain, and that's a difficult thing, mm-hmm. you know, because they're already so, they feel so vulnerable, and they've been so betrayed or hurt, and their trust is broken. So, um, but, you know, that's all the reason they need to get a good advocate, somebody who can walk them through the process. Mm-hmm. I've heard many people say, though, that the annulment process was very healing. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So... Well, what what is the last uh, of the five myths that you hear so much? The last one is a very controversial one, and it is you cannot receive Holy Communion if you are remarried outside the church without an annulment. Now, if you have remarried outside the church with no decree of nullity, you are in a state of separation from the church and in a in an objective state, maybe a subjective state of adultery. In other words, your first marriage still stands until it go, you go through the tribunal process, and you should not be with anybody else because that's a violation of your marriage vows. So how can you receive Holy Communion? You don't go to find a nice, easy-peasy pastor who will just wink and nod at you and let you receive Holy Communion. That happens and that's, that's not good. What you can do is what the church says. Pull apart. Do not live as married. Live as brother and sister. Get your little selves to confession and make a firm purpose of amendment to do the right thing, and you may receive Holy Communion. So... This this is a very difficult thing to do, but it's not impossible because we have God's grace. And and basically what happens, if somebody's remarried, they don't know what the Church really teaches, and they think Jesus just loves them anyway. But when they learn what they're doing, and they learn the beauty of Church teachings, and they learn the graces that they're being denied, that they're denying themselves, and, and the sin that's involved... If they have a change of heart, the church is here to help them live on a higher level. And, you know, I've seen couples do this. They've been living together for five, six, seven, eight years or more. They look at each other and they say, we want to do the right thing. They live as brother and sister. They still love each other and care about each other. And they go to receive Holy Communion. And they say that their respect for each other, their trust for each other, and their love actually deepens because they're both taking a high path together. Hmm. And then, of course, they they need to look to see if their marriage can be regularized. I've heard that term regularized, meaning perhaps they are, uh, are uh, there could be a process, the annulment process could clear the way for them to actually be married in the church. Yes, and so they submit themselves in faith and trust, to the church, and they hopefully will find somebody who will explain everything to them and walk them through the process. If they can get, if one or both of them had a prior marriage, they would apply for annulment at the same time. Uh, And if they both go through, then they are free to then enter into a, a, 
a new and a new and legitimate marriage with each other. But and until and and unless that ever happens, they cannot live as married. And when they understand that, and when, when they're tired of just doing their own thing, and they really have a deep longing in their heart to live as God wants us to live, to, to go higher, to be able to access all the graces that he has for us, they, they freely choose this path, and it's filled with blessings. That's amazing. And, and you, you have known couples, Rose, who have actually gone through this process. I have worked with them and seen the beautiful changes. And, and let me tell you something. It's usually the woman who wants to do the right thing. And, she, <laughs> and when, when the man doesn't understand, and I'm, I know I'm generalizing, but when he understands what his wife, what is being deprived, and when he understands what he can be giving his wife and how he, how he can stand before our Lord as a man, and he freely chooses this, she loves him. She falls more deeply in love with him than ever because now he is looking after her soul. Mm-hmm. Now he really wants the very best for her, and he's willing to sacrifice and do take the high road and deny himself for her. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus did for the bride. And this is a beautiful, beautiful thing that causes great trust and increased love in couples. That's that's beautiful. Well, Rose, um, you know, we we often hear that. I mean, I listen to Catholic radio a lot and people will call in so frequently, you know, with that kind of a situation and just, mm-hmm. um, you know, struggling and wondering what they what they should do and what they can do. And it's beautiful to know uh, what what wonderful graces can result and the love that can grow from uh, really understanding and trying to follow the church's teaching in that area. Well, we've only got uh, just a little bit more than a minute left, Rose, and um, you've got so much to share. I wish we could spend longer, but what what would you like to leave with, with the audience that you think is the most Im- important message that you can convey? Well, Peggy, I, I would just say, number one, trust God. He, he loves you, and he's with you in this situation. He understands. Number two, trust the church, because he works through her. You know, he will bring the help that you need and the love and, the, and the, all the blessings and graces through the church. And number three, don't trust everything that you hear from other people, even in the church. Go to our website. You know, go to the places where you get the truth and find out. I love this information age we're in. You can find out the truth about the teachings of the church and, and the plan that God has for you. Thank you, Rose. That's that's a beautiful message. And your website is rosesweet.com. And uh, thank you so much for being on our program, Rose. We've learned so much and hope to hear you uh, in person at some point. Thank you. Um, so you have all been listening today to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, The Family Sanctuary. And I'm your host for today's program, Peggy Hartshorn. You can find archives of our program at stgabrielradio.com. And our program is broadcast at 1230 every Monday and 2 o'clock on Sundays. So join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intended. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then he